Good to see you all this morning. We're starting a new series uh, this week of sermons. And we're going to talk about if there are sins that you may or may not consider really that bad, that aren't really that wrong. Are there such a thing as acceptable sin, do you think? Sins that are really no big deal. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3, Jesus said, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus is saying here that we shouldn't be condemning the sins of other people without looking at ourselves and seeing what sins we have. And once we remove and take care of our own sin, It'll be easier for us to help other people with their problems. And so, we're going to talk about these nine things uh, over the coming weeks that a lot of people, or maybe you, may not consider that big of a deal that the Bible calls sins. Uh, What does the Bible say about each of these things? Selfishness, irritability envy, greed, gluttony, laziness, vengeance, gossip, and deceit. And what does the Bible say about these? Are are all of these things really sin? And are these things, are all of them things we should be concerned about? What does God think about these things? And today I'm going to start off by talking about selfishness. There's there's a story in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 25, that I think gives us a really good idea of what God thinks about selfishness. Um, To put it in context, the book of 1 Samuel uh, talks about how Israel was in constant war with the Philistines. And the Philistines kept attacking them, and they would attack back, and it was back and forth. And so the people of Israel asked the prophet Samuel to give them a king. And he anointed a man named Saul to be the first king of Israel because they wanted someone to fight their battles for them. And Saul, unfortunately, kept over and over, completely disregarding what God commanded him to do and instead doing what he wanted to do himself. And so God uh, said he was going to take the kingdom away from him and he anointed a young man named David to be the king of Israel after Saul dies. Well, you might remember the story of how David slew this giant 
He was a giant Philistine with nothing but a stone. And after he did that, he became the most popular person in Israel. And this made Saul very jealous, and so he decided he would start sending, sending David into these terrible battles against the Philistines, hoping that the Philistines would kill him. But instead, David ended up killing thousands of Philistines, so many that they wrote songs about him, and he became even more popular than ever. And so Saul tried to kill him himself with his spear and missed. And then Saul sent an assassin after him, and David had to flee for his life. And Saul pursued David with the whole army of Israel and chased him all across the land of Israel. And the... One day, uh, David was right ahead of Saul, and who was chasing him, and he saw this cave, and David ran into this cave to hide, and Saul came with the army after him, and Saul himself went into the cave to relieve himself, and while he was in there, he didn't know David was there. And David's in the dark, snuck up behind him, with, drew his sword, and cut off a corner of his robe. And when Saul left the cave, then David came after him and cried out, My king! And Saul turned around. And he sees David kneeling before him. And he's holding out this piece of cloth. And Saul looks and he sees part of his robe is cut off. And David says, I could have killed you just now, but I didn't. Because I'm not your enemy. And so Saul regretted chasing him, and he said he wasn't going to chase him anymore, and he went back home, and he stopped harassing David for a while. It didn't last, but for now, there was peace between them. And that's where we get to chapter 25, and this is where our story takes place. The prophet Samuel dies. And after his funeral, David goes out into the wilderness. And this whole time he's been away from Saul and even while he was being chased by Saul, the Bible says that people were drawn to David. Uh, people who were in debt. People who were outcasts. These people were drawn to David, and at this time, in the wilderness, he had about 600 people with him. And also, there were shepherds tending sheep 
there with him. And these shepherds kept staying close by David and his men for protection. And David was helping these shepherds and protecting them, making sure nothing happened to them or their sheep. But the sheep didn't actually belong to the shepherds. They were working for this very rich man named Nabal. And Nabal owned the sheep and he owned all this land and so much. He was very rich. And about this time, David and his men uh, started running out of food. And so David sent ten men to Nabal to ask for some food. And they, they tell Nabal how that they've been protecting his shepherds and all his sheep and making sure nothing happened to them, but they just need a bit of food, and could he spare some food? And uh, He said, you can ask the shepherds. They'll tell you exactly what we've been doing, but this is Nabal's reply. In 1 Samuel 25 and verse 10, then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David and who is this son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away, each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed from my shears and give them to men that I do not know where they're from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back. You know, Nabal was a very rich man. He could have spared a bit of food and not even noticed it was gone. But instead, he was selfish and he said, No, this is my bread, my water, my meat. And when they told David what Nabal had said, David told his 400 of his men to put on their swords. Now, David was a man of God, but he was also a man of war. And he had killed thousands of Philistines. And now he set out to kill not only Nabal, but he said... There won't be a man left alive in his house by morning. So here's David, who has been chased all across the country by Saul, trying to kill him for no good cause. David did nothing to Saul. And now David's going to kill Nabal and all the men of his house who did nothing to him. Is David seeing the speck in Saul's eye and not the plank in his? Well, one of the shepherds that is there with him hears this and he runs and he finds Nabal's wife. Nabal's wife, the Bible says, is a good and righteous woman and she... The, the, the shepherd tells her what had happened because she didn't know any of this. She, she doesn't know any of this has happened. And he tells her how, how David, the anointed, uh, 
had been helping the shepherds and taking care of them and, and, and protecting them. And they, they, he sent some men to Nabal to ask for some food, and Nabal treated them shamefully and didn't give them anything. And now David's coming with men and swords, and they're going to kill all the men in the household, everybody. And I don't know what to do. And so immediately Abigail, she, she had a donkey loaded with 200 loaves of bread and a whole bunch of figs and, and grain and raisins. And she sent all these donkeys with servants to where David was. And she herself followed a little behind them on a donkey. And she rode that donkey until she came to where David was. And she bowed down before David on the ground and said to him, On me let this iniquity be. And then she begged him to accept this present of food and not to avenge himself on on. Nabal and all of his the men in his house. So that she says, when you become king, it won't trouble your heart to know that you have shed innocent blood, that you have killed without cause. And when David hears this, he says, You're right. And he blesses Abigail and he thanks her for coming and stopping him from doing what he was about to do. And then he praises God and he thanks God for stopping him from killing innocent people, for shedding blood without cause. Now when Abigail gets home, she finds that Nabal is throwing a big feast. And he is completely drunk. And so she doesn't say anything to Nabal that night. But the next morning, she tells Nabal everything that had happened. How David was coming to kill them all. And she went and, how she went and stopped him with food and, and, and all and... The Bible says when Nabal heard this, his heart died within him, and he became like stone. And a little bit later, God struck Nabal dead. God killed Nabal because of his selfishness. So why does God hate selfishness so much? Well, one, one thing is selfishness is at the root of so many other sins. You could take all of those sins, or most of them that we're going to talk about, and put the word selfish in front of it. Selfish greed. Selfish vengeance. Selfish envy, almost any sin. You could put selfish in front of it, and it would make perfect sense. 
And also selfishness is so against the nature of God, isn't it? God is so generous, so giving in everything that he's given us. Selfish is opposite of God. It's like, it's like seeing a young child playing with toys. And they have these toys they're playing with, and another child comes along and wants to join in. And they grab their toys and they push them away and don't share what they have. Well, when the parent sees this, they're going to be ashamed. You know, that's, that's shameful behavior because... Everyone knows this kid didn't get any of this stuff on his own. It was all given to him. These were all gifts, you know. And so it's not good to be selfish. We know that. Isn't it the same with us? You know, we could do nothing without God. Without God... We would have nothing. And so it's shameful for us to be selfish with our things. And not just, not just the things we have, also with our time. Don't be selfish with your time. You know, sometimes, sometimes the most valuable thing you can give someone is your time. You know, spend a little time with someone and help them or, or focus on them and what they need and what they're going through. Just a little bit of your time can make a huge difference in someone's life. It can be a great thing to give. Don't be selfish with your time. It can mean more than you realize. Also, similar to that, don't be, don't be selfish with your attention. Have you ever been talking to someone and it's obvious that they're not listening to what you're saying. And as soon as you pause for just a moment, they jump in and start talking about themselves and their own problems, their own issues, their their own experiences, their own thoughts, and what they think. I'm ashamed to say that I have done this, and it's, it's a shameful thing, because it's selfishness is what it is. And I'm, I'm really trying to not do this anymore. Listen to people. Really listen to people when they're talking. Try to understand where they're coming from and what they're saying. Not about yourself, not about how you can make yourself sound important. Not to lift your own self up, but try to lift them up and encourage them when you're listening to people. Galatians 6 and verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This, 
law of Christ, it sounds like something that ought to be important to Christians, doesn't it? How can you, how can you bear other people's burdens if you're so focused on yourself that you don't talk, ask them about what they're going through. Ask them what they're dealing with. And when they tell you, you don't even listen to them. Don't be selfish with your attention. And lastly, don't be selfish with the greatest treasure you have, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a song. There's a song that I've been singing since I was just a little guy in church. And I think I really, I really heard the words for the first time just recently. The words to this song, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, all of it is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. If it is well with your soul today because of a completely unselfish act by this dear sweet man, find a way to tell somebody about it. Don't be selfish with this awesome gift that you've been given. And don't be selfish with your attention. Don't be selfish with your time. Don't be selfish with any of the things you have. Remember when someone gave you what you needed when you were in need. And the last thing I want to say is to remind us what Jesus said in Matthew 25. Jesus said that when he comes back, he's going to divide all people into two groups. And in Matthew 25 and verse 34, he says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. And I was in prison and you came to me. Jesus says, and these people are going to ask, ask me, when, Lord? 
When did we see you in all of these ways? And, and when did we do all these things to you? Jesus said, I will reply. As much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And then Jesus says in verse 44, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And Jesus said, those people are going to ask, when did we see you like this and not do anything of these things to you? Jesus says, I will say, as much as you didn't, didn't do this to the least of these, my brethren, you didn't do it to me. So, does it matter, you think, if we're selfish? Does it matter to God? Is that important to him? I think we've seen today that it's very important. It matters a lot, and we need to examine ourselves and make sure that we're not being selfish. So, if you are feeling you're feeling the weight of a beam of selfishness this morning I encourage you to pluck that out make the decision that you're not going to be selfish going forward but that you're gonna try and help people more instead fulfill the law of Christ you know this is all I have prepared. I hope, I hope something I've said has been useful for you, and I hope you will try not to be selfish. We're going to sing an invitation song now. If you have a spiritual need, please come forward. Sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.